uh, you raised the seven million bucks. You raised additional capital since then. Sorry, twenty sixteen, you raised the seven million. You raised additional capital since then. How much total have you raised to date? Seven point five. Seven point. Okay, so you're about two x in terms of ARR yeah. relative yeah. to that Which means you're, good. that means you're funding right now. How much are you raising? <laughs> I'm not going to answer this question. It's a good question. That was a good question indeed. A little over four months after Nathan Latka asked Adrian Menard, CEO and co-founder of Spotify, this question on the SaaS.18 growth stage, the company announced a 20 million Series B funding round, bringing their total funding to $27 million to date. Nathan had a good hunch. You're listening to the SaaS Revolution Show, and I'm your host, Alex Thuma. On this episode, I'm bringing you the entire fireside chat Nathan Latka had with Adrian Menard, where he unravels a host of interesting data behind Botify's growth. When they became profitable, what is their ACV and net churn, how their sales and customer success organizations look, and many other. Botify is a search engine optimization platform designed to optimize websites for Google bots. Started in 2012 in Paris, the company has over 450 customers, spread between three offices, and Adrian established a New York HQ, moving there in 2016. I actually spoke to him about the experience of moving there and establishing US operations about a year ago on this podcast. And we'll link to that episode in the show notes. Nathan Latka has an unmatched ability <coughs> to extract data and information from SaaS founders and has over 3,000 podcast episodes under his belt, making him incredibly knowledgeable on the subject of what it takes to be a successful SaaS company. It's why we're bringing him to every SaaS.conference conference this year, starting with SaaS.Asia Asia on May the 14th and 15th, which is in Hong Kong next week, and SaaS.East East Coast on June the 4th and 5th in Manhattan in New York. There, uh, Nathan will be giving us insights from 10,000 SaaS data points, as well as sitting down for more fireside chats with great founders. Even though Nathan sometimes comes across as a hard interviewer, He's actually a super lovely guy, happy to chat to anyone at the conference. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to get up close and personal with Nathan. Um, at Sasto East Coast, he will be in, uh, joined by Raggy Thomas, CEO of Sprinkler, Dan Adika, CEO and co-founder of WalkMe, Alison Elworthy, SVP customer success at HubSpot, uh, and many other great companies like Gainsight and uh, Rainforest QA, Envision App, uh, and so on, uh, will be joining us to kind of share their learnings. Uh, we're bringing the East Coast SaaS community together for uh, CEO boot camps, sales leadership boot camps, growth marketing boot camps on the 4th of June. Uh, and then on the 5th of June, there'll be over 15 talks on how to grow and scale your SaaS business from the trailblazers like those previously mentioned. Um, Tons of meetings between peers uh, will be taking place via our matchmaking app uh, and also uh, a bunch of East Coast investors um, if you're looking to raise that next round. There'll also be some cool dinners and parties for networking into the night. That's all happening at Sastop East Coast, June the 4th and 5th of the Altman Building in Manhattan. Um, as listeners to the uh, podcast, you can avail of our two-for-one ticket deal Go to events.sasdoc.com forward slash East Coast 19 
or just go to our website and look for the East Coast 19 conference and use code 241. That's the word for F-O-R-1, 2-F-O-R-1. Now on with the show. The company we started six years ago in Paris. Now we have three offices in London and in New York. I uh, have been in New York for two years. And we have uh, 100 employees. Uh, uh, the, the main office remains Paris, where we have an engineering team. But New York is going fast, and uh, the US represents a huge part of uh, our monthly working revenue now. And for those of folks, Adrian, that are not familiar with Botify, give a quick overview. What's the company do? And is it a pure play SaaS model, or do you have other models built in? Yeah, so at Botify, we are uh, building a new standard in uh, organic search analytics or SEO analytics. So our job is to help our customers to increase the revenue from uh, search engines. Uh, SEO is not a new space, but uh, we have developed a new way of uh, optimizing websites. Our goal is really to build high-quality digital assets for search engines. The web is more complex, or we're simply providing insights and intelligence to, to websites like uh, uh, eBay, Condenas, Macy's, uh, many large websites. Yes, we're providing them the insights to, to, to develop uh, their, their websites and their uh, mobile versions or whatever. So if I'm Macy's um, and I don't want to turn out how Sears turned out, uh, if you're if Macy's is launching kind of sector specific or different, um, uh, I'll wait a chair. Sure. This, 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 this is how you know this is going to be a good question. I mean, when you get bells from the local church, I mean, this is a good question. Um, if you don't want to be Macy's, let's say Macy's launches and use you guys to launch across many different platforms, many different locations. Help, help me, correct me if I'm wrong here, what you essentially will help them do is recognize, hey, Google didn't recognize this part of your site. So yeah, th that's a very good point. Uh, the main idea of Yenbotify is that we, we discovered that on average, Google ignored 50% of the pages of the website. So obviously it means that if Google does not know your pages, the pages are not going to be indexed, they're not going to be ranked, and they're not going to provide any uh, organic traffic or revenue. So we develop technologies and methodologies to simply prove that on a daily basis. And for a website like Macy's, for example, obviously they want to have every product page into the Google index. So the Botify Insights are going to tell them what, what Google knows, what they don't know, how the website is being searched. And they're going to, based on this intelligence, they're going to take some actions to optimize their websites and to make sure everything is going to be uh, driving traffic. And Adrian, help us understand, so if a company wants to sign up for you guys and use yeah. you guys, now you have Macy's, big enterprise, I'm sure you have a wide span, what's the average customer, would you say, pay you so per year or per month for this? The, the, the average ACV is going to be very different depending on, on the customers, but basically the pricing options are going to be based on the project and the, uh, the number of projects they want to run with the platform and the audience they have. Um, so. Uh, on average, our customers are going to spend half of 30k per year. 130 on, or 30? 30. 30,000 yeah. dollars per year typically. On, but once again, the, the gap is very large between the smaller customers and the larger ones. So out of curiosity, how many of you guys, raise your hand if your ACV is lower than 30 per year. Lower? Okay, and then hands down, higher? Hands high? Okay, let's do that one more time because these are going to affect my questions. If you're lower, raise your hand. Okay, hands down, higher, raise your hand. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so put this on the timeline for us. What year did you launch the company? What did you say, 06 or how early? Uh, no, six years ago. Six years ago, okay, so 2012. Yeah. 
Okay. And where, where was your head at that point? I mean, why get into this business? So, so we are three co-founders and we all come from the SEO space. We were running a quite large SEO agency in France, and that was in, back in 2012. So that was the emergence of cloud computing, SaaS businesses, and, and big data. So we simply turned uh, what was working with a service model to, into a SaaS business. And starting at, at day, day, day one, we, uh, we already had some customers, and our customers helped us to define the product. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, yes, the, the beginning obviously has a sales business. You you obsessed to to have a strong product and to make sure that uh, you're going to have your market fit during the first year. Um, so yeah, I can remember this period of the of the development of the company that was super exciting, and we were lucky yes to have the customers to help us define the product. So how big was the agency at that point? How many customers? What was the revenue on the agency side? So so obviously we left the agencies. The agency was acquired by iProspect in Paris, which is a very large, uh, it's part of the Dentsu Ages network. And the agency had something like uh, 90 employees and we were, uh, uh, so yes, that was a good business. I don't, I don't want to go too much into the detail, but... Well, 90 people, if you're running an agency and you assume a salary, right, of maybe five grand per person per month, you can kind of do backwards math, assuming it was break-even. And, and yeah, it was, but, but the point is, you sold it. Yeah. How many my, customers? My, my co-founder sold it, and I was only the uh, sales director. But so we restarted everything from scratch. I mean, it's total, you cannot compare running a SaaS business or services business. Uh, you, you, I mean, the unit economics are not the same. You don't want to hire the same types of people. The, the customer renewal is not depending on the same things that uh, when you're running a SaaS business. So, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's not easy to transition from uh, a services uh, approach to a software-based approach. It's totally different. And obviously, it takes more time in terms of revenue, in terms of cash consumptions. It's it's totally different. So you have to, um, you really have to do everything different uh, because it has nothing to do to to run a SaaS business versus. Uh, Adrian, one of the patterns. I mean, you look at Intercom, a lot Hootsuite, a lot of very large you know companies say in terms of SaaS, most of them will start off as an agency. And then they basically said, okay, we have 30 clients, we have 5 million in AR, we hate selling human hours, we're solving the same damn problem over and over again, let's build software. Yeah. And they typically they either sell the agency or walk away from it, and then they sell the customers from the agency into the SaaS product as their beta users. Help me understand that dynamic. How many customers did you have at the agency, and did you use, were those your first 100 customers on the SaaS product? So, only a few ones, actually. And clearly, on, only a few ones. So, wh what is important, I would say, is that uh, if, I mean, if even the same customers are not going to use the softwares in the same way they're going to consult towards uh, with you as an agency. It's it's when, when you when you want to work with an agency, I think you want to outsource the, um, uh, for example, the SEO topic. When you're running, when, when you're using a, a, a software product, it means that you already have the team who's going to use this software to optimize the website. So clearly, it's uh, uh, it's different. And today, we're only working with uh, companies who have strong search marketing teams, able to turn the software into actions and to optimize the website. Okay. So 2012, you launched the company. Yeah. The agency is gone. You're all in on this. And then, so fast forward to today, how many customers are you working with today, six years later? So we have uh, 450 customers in 20 countries, and uh, and it's it's going fast. So. Yeah, yes, I think that you're talking about uh, important dates of the development of the company. And back in 2016, we raised uh, seven million dollars. So we're, we're going to end the year around 15 million dollars. 
and uh, you'll end, so 450 customers out of 30,000 AC puts you at like 13.5 yeah. AR today. You're saying by the end of the year, so two three months left, you'll hit 15 yeah. AR run rate. Yeah. Okay, so pretty healthy. Take me back to year one though. Would you grow AR two in year one? Two sorry in year one first year. Would you grow AR run rate two? Wow, <laughs> that's that's uh, a long time ago, but I think we, we ended the year at uh, 70k per year, per month, something like that. So. Okay, so you went yeah. from basically zero to one million AR your yeah. first 12 months. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, something, yeah. something like that. <laughs> I don't I mean, have exactly the number in mind, but what is impressive is that, especially from the European perspective, and you're American, I mean, going to the US uh, changed the company dramatically because. Uh, the market is so different, so large, and companies are bigger and are eager to buy uh, subscription business sales. That's totally different. Yeah. What What year did you make that transition? When did you open a US? So, uh, so we started to sell into the US, I would say early 2016, but I moved to the US to open the, the office there. Uh, September 2016, so just two years ago. 2016, and yeah. then from a, you know, part of the focus of this panel is obviously uh, cash efficiency. Yeah. So early on, it sounded like you said you did your seven million, in what year did you say you did that in? 20 seven million dollars back in January 2016, so two years and a half ago. Okay, I, but it was four years out, what I'm trying to get is putting it on a timeline, that was four years after your launch. So yeah. how did you fund the company for the first four years? So first years? we had some, so, when you're starting a SaaS business with customers from day zero, it helps you obviously to to feed the, the machine and to build the early versions of the product. After that, we had some angels, but before raising the Series A, the company was profitable. And it's something that was extremely important for us, just to prove that, okay, you have the capacity to first develop a product, to sell the product, and three, renew the product, and in a positive way, okay? So when we did that and we, Obviously, when you when you start uh, when you're starting a SaaS business in Paris, France, you want to have the capacity to sell outside of France, or you know that you're not going to to scale. So the first market we entered in was the UK market, and uh, when we had this conviction that okay, we have something that can be uh, repeat repeatable, that can be scalable, this is when we decided to raise more money and to expand to open the office in London, to open an office in New York. Okay, so four years after launch, you do the, you do the raise. How much had you raised from angels before that, though? Uh, a few hundred thousand euros. Four hundred thousand, yeah. a couple hundred yeah. thousand euros. Yeah. Okay. So by efficiency in running a SaaS business, I think it's clear that you want to have a ratio of at least one one, meaning one million raise, for example, one million dollars annual recurring revenue generated. Yeah. Um, Fast forward, so 2012, uh, you raised the seven million bucks. You raised additional capital since then. Sorry, 2016, you raised the seven million. You raised additional capital since then. How much of total have you raised to date? 7.5. 7.5, okay, so you're about 2X in terms of ARR yeah. relative yeah. to, that means, you're, that means you're funding right now. How much are you raising? <laughs> I'm not going to answer this question. It's a good question. Obviously, uh, the future is, is, I mean, is different uh, in terms because, you know, growing from, uh, one to five to ten to fifteen. I think you can do it with the economics I was mentioning. Uh, if you want to grow to fifteen to fifty, it's 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 probably another uh, another game. Yeah. But what is important? I mean, cash is the is the fuel of your growth, obviously. So you want to uh, every dollar you're going to raise or you're going to have, you want it to sp to spend it wisely. And at Botify, we have we have we have always start with this mojo in mind, meaning that uh, when, we, when we're doing something, we want to do 10 times uh, larger, 10 times faster, and 10 times cheaper than the competition. 
So it means that when we, when we are, for example, developing a new piece of software, we want to make sure that this software is going to to answer these questions. And uh, you know, the, one of the main technology behind Botify is a crawler. So it means that is a what is a crawler, a web crawler. Okay. Uh, so a, web, it, a crawler, a web yeah, crawler. crawler. Yeah. So it means that forgive us, you know, as Americans, you know. No, no, I'm sorry. I've we're been, slowly being dumbed <laughs> down, and we can't understand basic words anymore. So what does it mean? It means that we are our job is to collect. Uh, um, thousands of thousands of information. It costs a lot of money, and uh, so it means that if you simply don't optimize that, obviously the cache uh, in the end is not going to be used uh, wisely, mm -hmm. and it, it means that you're not going to be able to invest into the key uh, elements of your growth in the end. Uh, 450 customers, yeah. pretty high price point. You know, many people, Chris Jantz at point nine and really articulates this well, either kind of go few customers, high ACV, or a lot of customers and a very low ACV. You're kind of, I would say, maybe in the middle there. Talking about expansion revenue. So if a customer starts in year one with $30,000 in ACV, what do they typically expand to in year two? And how are you driving that expansion? So, good question. And obviously, as a sales business, you want to broaden the value proposition, offering additional products that you're going to be able to resell to the customers. Um, and this is what we have been building over the past two years. Um, right. So, there is a strategy where they're going to add uh, new, new features that they're going to pay depending on the audience. Right. So, once again, it's going to be very different depending on customers. But uh, it happens that we have some customers who are going to spend seven times what they were initially spending simply because they have uh, enlarged the scope or adding new features. So just to be clear, you could see some customers going from 30K in year one to yeah. a $210,000 yeah. contract in year two, and yeah. that's usually because they're adding product features. Yeah, it can be even faster. Yep. It, it's really depending on, on the priorities of the website or the types of companies we're selling to. Mm -hmm. But it's clear that we're trying to capture the premium segment of the market. Flip side of expansion is obviously churn. So churn is critical in any SaaS business. There's a lot of ways to measure it. For the sake of this conversation, let's just focus on gross revenue churn annually. So what is gross revenue churn today annually? So the, the gross revenue churn is, once again, going to depend a lot on the tier of the customers. Um, Wait, but hold on. This is why you measure it in revenue churn, not logo churn, right? It doesn't yeah. matter what the ARPU is. So if you just look at your weighted average company as a whole, gross revenue churn annually is what? It's... Right, right. I mean, that's fair, right? That's why you have revenue churn and logo churn, right? Logo churn accounts for ARPU, revenue churn, it's your whole business. Yeah, sure. But so once again, my answer is that uh, first, I don't want to share everything with uh, everybody. I'm not with my company. Okay, just give me a range that you're comfortable with. I'm comfortable to answer that our net churn is positive, meaning that uh, the expansion is uh, compensating the, the churn. Okay, hold on. Your net churn wouldn't be positive if expansion. No, it is positive. It means that yeah, your we expand more, more yeah, your, revenue your, from the customers than we're churning customers. Yeah, so your net revenue is above 100%. Your net churn yeah. is negative, not That's, positive, right? Your expansion is more yeah, than your churn. Your net churn is negative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this is difficult. People like me with dyslexia, it's like you either talk about net revenue churn, like negative, or you talk about re revenue retention being above 100%. But just to be clear, your expansion on your accounts more than makes up for gross revenue churn annually. Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, let's go back to easier numbers. So growth rate, you're at 13.5 in terms of AR today, 450 customers at a $30,000 ACV. What were you at a year ago in terms of run rate? So we, we have doubled the revenue in the past 12 months. Okay, very good. Yeah. So 7 to 13. And most of it has come from expansion or new customers totally? Mm, 
new customers, new brand new yep. customers. Talk, take us inside your sales organization. So, is it inside sales, account based marketing? What are you using? So, yeah, that, that's a good question. And uh, once again, as we want to run an efficient business, uh, we have decided to mostly focus our investments into into the sales teams. So today, Botify is a classical B two B SaaS uh, enterprise sales teams with. Uh, uh, SDRs and account executives. So the SDRs are there to generate the pipeline, uh, and the account executives are going to transform the pipeline into real customers. Um, uh, what was also important was to go with a uh, land and expense strategy, meaning that what we want to we want to have short sell cycles to make sure that once we have a direct relationship with the customers, we can expand it. So what is a sales cycle today, typically? It's, uh, it means that 50% of the customers are going to have uh, sales cycles shorter than three months. Three months, okay. Yeah. And do you, what's the total team size today, and how many of those are related to inside sales? So today we have 11 account executives and 11 SDRs. 11 account executives and 11 SDRs. Yeah. One-to-one ratio? Yeah. SDRs quota carrying or no? Sorry? Are yeah. The SDR, they are quota carrying. Yeah. And the AE? I are, mean, in pipeline. Not in... Uh, you know, Not in closed deals. Yeah. Account executives obviously carry yeah. quota. Yeah. Help us understand how you set up the ratio, the incentive structure for the account executives. First off, when you hire them, how many months do you give them to onboard? Meaning how long does it take them to hit their full quota? And then what do you associate? What do you set their quota at relative to what their expenses are or what, or what leads and pipeline you're giving them? So many questions in one. Uh, and actually, it's... Uh, if, you, if I put a lot up, my chance of you answering one of them like, with the number <laughs> is better, right? So, yeah, no, that's good. No. But just to put things into perspective, so what, what is important, especially if you want to to keep growing in a what I call healthy way, you don't want to damage your unit economics. So it means that every time that you're going to bring one more account executive or one more SDR, you want to make sure that uh, they're going to be as efficient as the ones that were there before. So you have to set up the playbook, you have to set up the methodologies, you have to set up the management, and you have to closely monitor their performance because, and just to make sure that yes, they're going to be as good as the others, okay? Um, so after that, uh, quota, run per period. Uh, so we have two, two kind of account executives, uh, account executive and senior account executives, so their quota is going to to deepen on their experiences and the types of accounts they're going to work on. Very, very good. Um, we had a question come in on Slido real quick. Before we get away from this topic, I'll ask it. Um, sure. uh, in terms of drive, the question was from Anonymous. Put your names in, guys, so we can like use your real name, right? But Anonymous asked, what efforts do you have in place to create a positive kind of net retention? And, and I'll kind of get, drill down a little deeper. So you have pricing axes, number of seats, feature-based and sometimes like a usage-based model, number of crawled sites or things like that. Tell us more about which axes you're using to drive net revenue expansion. So yeah, so uh, I would say that there are two, two answers. First one uh, comes from the product. It means that obviously you want to have a product that is going to drive this retention, the usages and everything. And the second one is regarding the, the team who's going to manage these customers. So at Spotify, we, ha- we have a customer experience team, and this team is in charge of the onboarding and the training of the customers. So it's exactly the same uh, uh, kind of process than for the uh, new businesses that we were talking about. It means that uh, here again, you have to develop 
processes, playbooks, and you want to make sure that the experience that your customers are going to have are going to be the same uh, wherever this customer is based, which is which is uh, um, based market-wise or based locate geographically. Uh, market-wise, market yeah. sector. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, very good. Yeah, and, and maybe yes. The third point would be obviously it's uh, you have to track everything that your customers are doing. You want to know what they're doing. Obviously, if a customer is not using well the platform, uh, it means that you're probably going to have a serious problem. I mean, a serious challenge when you bring them. So you want to identify as early as possible when something is going wrong, just to make sure that you're going to be able to react and, and to try to uh, redefine the onboarding process. I want to look at kind of fully weighted customer acquisition costs. So you gave a little insight to your sales team. Obviously, that goes into it. Maybe you do some direct paid stuff. Maybe you do some organic and inbound. But on average, to get a new $30,000 customer, what are you paying to acquire that customer? Uh, so the number of months to recover the, the CAC are, are billed 10 months. 10 months. Okay, yeah. so you spend caught twenty five grand to acquire one of these yeah. customers first year. Yeah. That's great. And where are you spending most of that money? Sales. It's, it's most on your sales team. Yeah, yeah okay. clearly. And it, um, so most of our outbound efforts are done by the SDRs team. So at Botify, we decided to put the SDRs under the uh, VP of sales. Uh, sometimes it's different. I know some companies where SDRs are being part of the marketing team, but at Botify, they are part of the, of the sales team. Let's talk about this question. So customer success. There's a lot of people, you know, when I talk to CEOs, a lot of people are actually now putting quota they have CS quota carrying CS folks related to expansion revenue. Uh, yeah. Do you have CS folks? And if so, yeah. do you give them any upside on the expansion they drive? So we have the customer experience team. So the customer experience team had two kind of profiles. The first one are the customer success managers, and the second one being the uh, what we call the search data strategist. So they're really the experts of the platform. Um, but yes, customer success managers are playing a critical role, once again, into, uh, it's not only building a strong relationships with your customer, it's, it's really just to make sure that um, the initial relationship is going to, deal, sorry, the initial steps uh, once the customer has signed are going to, to be met, meaning that, yes, we, ha we are doing everything possible to onboard the customers as fast as possible. You really want to deliver value um, in a very short period of time so you can make sure that the new, new customers are actually going to use your platform and to see the value of it. Well, what is that thing for you guys? So right when an account executive closes a deal, pass, do they pass it off to a CS person totally? Yeah. Okay, so they're, they, they goes on to their next deal app. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the customer success rep, what do you know you have to get that new customer to do in the first, call it, you know, two weeks to make them super sticky? Yeah, so obviously there is a setup period uh, that can take a few weeks, but it's clear that in, the, in I would say, the first uh, one month and a half, they're going to have different meetings with the customers to make sure that the setup is done correctly and then uh, the analysis are going to be running and that the reporting are going to be sent to every stakeholder that is going to be important into the search marketing process. Okay. Is there any disincentive for churn revenue on the, for, for the CS person? So they are incentivized on the net churn. Um, okay. So obviously one, one other part of the responsibility of the custom, customer success is to generate expansion opportunities. Um, so that's why we have defined this uh, net churn uh, incentive.
So let's just, let's say I joined Botify a year ago as a CS rep, and yeah. it's our it's our annual that, that meeting. That would be great. Yeah. I'm about to ask for a raise, so this is our one to one, and it sounds something like this. Listen, like this cohort of customers I got from these four AEs, these AEs are selling like this product that we don't even have. Like they're just there's putting these things in front of customers. That's why churn is I'm gonna make some fifteen percent gross. Now I still drove great expansion of thirty percent. So net I'm at still, you know, my cohort's hundred and fifteen percent year over year. Um, how would you talk to me about my inability to control what account executives are selling relative to the churn revenue to that cohort that was passed to me? So yeah, that, that's a good question. But clearly, customer success managers are working uh, as a duo with the account executives. Okay, the success of one is going to be depending on the success of the other. So, um, and it's maybe something that we have learned recently is that how important it is to qualify the uh, the inbound leads or the leads that are going to become the customers. Obviously, your churn is heavily depending on. On, on the quality of the of the customers who are using the platform, are they qualified to use Spotify? And uh, it's something that we have been working a lot on. Last question: As you go out for this next raise, what valuation you want to raise at? <laughs> I'm not going to answer this question, <laughs> guys. There you have it, Adrian Spotify 2012 scaled up to 13 million AR. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SaaS Revolution Show and you've picked up valuable lessons from Nathan and Adrian. To give you a taster of Nathan's state of SaaS reports, we have put his talk from SaaStock18 online for free and that was uh, a great talk indeed. Uh, you can find a link in the show notes. Just a reminder, join Nathan Latka, uh, hopefully Adrian Menard uh, too, uh, many other great uh, SaaS uh, luminaries that are based around the East Coast. Uh, or whether you're thinking of scaling into the US and uh, uh, for our European listeners, um, this is the place to be uh, on June the 4th and 5th, the Altman Building in Manhattan. Uh, go to events.sastop.com forward slash East Coast 19. Use code 2FOR1, 2 for 1. That's 2FOR1 for your 2 for 1 tickets. Thanks for listening. and See you next time.